Hey everybody, welcome to the Chamber Channel's Five Questions podcast. This is the place where we take a deep dive with industry leaders for an inside look at their world and how they can make a difference in yours. If you've eaten out in the Low Country, odds are high you've been to one of the 16 restaurant brands that are part of the Surge Group. They have some of the most iconic restaurants on the island, and they're also one of the largest employers in Southern Jupiter County. Our CEO, Bill Miles, had a chance to talk with their president, Alan Wolf, and their executive chef and partner, Chris Cargi, about culinary trends and their new Bluffton Nectar location. Let's listen. Well, today I have the pleasure of sitting down with uh, two local leaders in the restaurant industry here in the, in the Low Country, and uh, delighted to be sitting down with Alan Wolf and also with Chef Chris Cargi. And uh, gentlemen, welcome. We're glad you're here today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thought we'd jump right into things and uh, look back. And you know, 2020 was a challenge. 2021 was a challenge. I think uh, our restaurant tours on the island and in Bluffton handled things uh, uh, very, very well. Uh, looking at 2022, what do you see as some of the challenges as we move forward into this year? Well, I think the biggest one that we're always keeping a track on is our workforce. You know, it's a competitive industry. There's a lot of restaurants. There's a lot of hospitality, you know, organizations throughout the low country. And Hilton Head's always stood head and shoulders above our competitors up and down the eastern coast. So for us, it's continuing to attract great high-skilled people, both in management and hourly positions. We've had a nice influx, you know, uh, from people come down from the north the last couple of years. So I think for 2022, that'll remain, you know, the, the top of the docket for us in terms of importance. And then uh the other one that I think our chefs have done a great job is quality, and I'll let Chris kind of touch on the quality and how we're, we're addressing that. Yeah, so we're, you know, taking the time and, and working one-on-one -on -one with the new employees or uh, next generation, um, getting them, you know, laser focused on some of the uh, expectations that we have and, you know, we've uh, come around to. And, uh, and how it ties back to the quality of the product, you know, the stuff that you're doing chef-wise, you know, with the farmers. Yes, and we started, uh, you know, throughout the past couple of years, or actually decade now, uh, time's flying. Um, we started to meet different people, and um, it kind of grew and grew and grew, and uh, we would meet uh, a farmer, and he couldn't help us out, but hey, I know a, 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 another person that can handle your, your egg business. So, uh, you know, we've branched out and we've kind of hit the road uh, a couple of times over the last couple of years and started to meet some great, interesting people out there. So when you're sourcing your vendors, you're out actually traveling and, and meeting farmers and uh, looking at different locations on who can supply you? Absolutely. Uh, one, to get to know each other and form that um, relationship. Uh, next would be actually seeing the product and how it's raised and, and what they're using to do so. Um and so on. Alan, I think that uh, Surge has also been one of those companies that has done an excellent job of, of growing talent internally. And I say that and looking at, at the Chef Chris there, I think now you're chef of both Nectars and uh, uh, if I'm correct on that. But also you jo joined early on as the executive chef at Black Marlin and moved to Poseidon and and now you're overseeing four restaurants. I got partnership at uh, Poseidon, which was awesome. Um, and then uh, Nectar was born um, and kind of oversee both of those as well. I think we did a great job of adding another layer of directors um, with some of the other staff that's been around for um, a while now. Uh, and we know the expectations and we know where we want to take the businesses. Um, and it's good. Yes, we oversee 
I oversee both Nectars, Poseidon, uh, Black Marlin, and Shrimp Shack. So we got uh, four of them under your belt. Yeah. So <laughs> that's great. So Alan, we did a we did a uh, ribbon cutting at Nectars in Bluffton mm -hmm. not too long ago, and and uh, uh, want to compliment you on the the interior of it, and then always as all surge food goes, the food was excellent. Why don't you guys talk a little bit about the, that menu and how it differs sure. from regular other surge menus in the company? Oh, I'll take the first crack at it, which is that myself and my cohorts in the front of the house is what it's called in the restaurant business, right? So the ones that are out there shaking hands and kissing babies, we weren't allowed to really weigh in on the menu. The chefs, we have four chef partners, Chef Orchid, Chef Nick, Chef Chris, Chef Brad, that, that did that menu from scratch themselves. And that was really a unique thing because it kept all of our emotional biases out. You know, I'm partial to average food, mozzarella sticks, you know, chicken noodle soup or Frankie Bones. I came up with that idea. But they, they, we just kept our mouths shut and let the chefs do the work. And what came out was just an incredible effort in terms of really driving our company forward from a culinary standpoint. And I'll let Chris speak to any more nuance in that that I'm not aware of. And we wanted to, and chefs like to play with the food. <laughs> That's the bottom line. And what we want to eat. <clears throat> and we didn't want to get too pretentious with, you know, super high-end, uh, fancy, you know, foo-foo tongs and tweezers and all that stuff. We wanted to create a neighborhood place where people can come for lunch, breakfast, and dinner, um, and really focused on the people that we've been meeting over the years, on uh, these bonds and relationships, and uh, keeping local economy going and strong. And some of these people we've been dealing with for 10 plus years, um, other people we've just formed relationships over the last almost, you know, little over a year, I'd say. Um, and we just had fun. I, uh, I had the meatloaf that day, and it was outstanding, <laughs> and I can't wait to get back and, and try the meatloaf again. It seems That's like right. when I go to a restaurant, I, I get stuck on something, yeah. and uh, certainly meat, meatloaf there would be something to get stuck on. It's Southern awesome. favorites with a flair, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and also besides that uh, would be Surges. Is that your first brewery there? Yes, absolutely. Yes. That is. Yeah, it's a, well, you know, since we sold the Hilton Head Brewing Company back in you know, the early 2000s. That's where I started 20 years ago with the group. Um, I was a summer intern there at the Hilton and Brewing Company. So we, I think we were a little ahead of the curve from a microbrew standpoint. Craft beer hadn't really taken off at that time. And since then, we've kind of missed out on having that craft beer as part of our, our core offering. So to have that back, and we brought a brewer down from uh, Western North Carolina. He is originally Navy uh, officer, and then he, he went to brew in Colorado and then in Western North Carolina with the Oscar Blues team. So he brought a tremendous amount of quality, again, in the glass, and that's what we want to start with. So um, I'm just very, very excited to get that out there. And he's just brewing for Nectar, Hilton Head and Bluffton right now, but very soon he'll start to, you'll see those beers start to pop up at the other restaurants. That's great. Congratulations on Thank that. You. Workforce, we all know it's a challenge, not only locally, but uh, nationally as well. Mm -hmm. And um, if you would talk a little bit about how you're, recruiting and retaining talent and i know some of the secrets you probably might not want to give away but yeah. <laughs> uh, uh how do you all go about trying to have an adequate workforce with how many restaurants are you up to now we have 17 maybe at this point right so and, that's a yeah. that's a large number to uh, to staff it is and you know the main thing you know chris alluded to the partnership side we have 34 local partners now across the organization so when we find the really special uh, managers and leaders that want to continue to grow, we look for a way to tie them to the biz business, whether it's their one restaurant or multiple restaurants like Chris's case. Uh, more recently, this uh, past December 1st of 2021, we rolled out 100% employee coverage for our managers on our, our Blue Cross Blue Shield plan for the entire family. 
So that was a giant step forward. Wow. And, you know, there was we used to cover half of the employer amount, and that's pretty typical. It could get beefier. We decided we'd take the biggest possible step. So then every year we're not sitting there going, well, how much more can we put on the bone? We decided to take the full step. And, you know, for uh, those of us with families, it was a huge dramatic piece. And it really, even employee spouse, it, it just covered a lot of ground for our people. So we continue to look at benefits. Uh, on the hourly side, we're very excited because Boathouse has been demoing a new uh, employee rewards program called Team Surge Rewards since last August. I figure if we can make it work at Boathouse, we can make it work anywhere mm-hmm. as the flagship of the company. And sure enough, it's been really widely uh, received well from the employees. So we're going to roll out March 1st with all the restaurants. They're going to have this team member reward. So for every hour they work, they earn points towards rewards that they can cash in, whether it's a, at the grocery store, the gas station, getting concert tickets, hotels out of town. And uh, we can also recognize, which is our biggest thing, we want to recognize people when they're doing things right. So this is a great platform to be able to, you know, hey, Lily, you did a great job. Here's 100 points for for showing up earlier, you know, taking out the trash for us. So when we recognize people doing things right, we think we're growing our culture in terms of, you know, how we're we're growing as a a business. Chef, uh, overseeing four restaurants, how do you take upon yourself to help grow the talent within your restaurants? Um. We look for the people that are, are doing their job well um, and want to learn and want to grow with the company and see that there is opportunity, which there's a lot with 17 restaurants. We're always looking for the next sous chef or team leader or uh, a lead line cook or promoting people from um, sous chefs to executive sous chefs and actually just really taking the time between Brad, Nick, Tim, a couple other people, Orchid really taking that person underneath our wing and, and, and showing them what they need for that next step. And if I can't provide it, then I look and I call Brad or I call Chef Nick and, and we make it happen. It seems like the, the culinary uh, the culinary trend recognition uh, here in, on Hilton Head Island and in Bluffton, really the low country, has really grown over the last probably five to seven years and uh, certainly becoming much more known as a culinary destination with great restaurants. What do you think are some of the, the um, uh, items that have helped us start getting recognized for the great restaurants that we have here? Well, I've been just really impressed with the uh, visitor side, how you've done at the Chamber of Commerce and the Visitors uh, Bureau, just pushing writers to come to town and engaging with writers that want to come in here and engaging with journalists that want to come and speak to the destination. And, of course, they got to eat when they come here, right? That's so. Right. Just being able to shed light on how much we were doing at a local level, uh, not just in our restaurants, but across the island and the region. You know, I think that you all have been the forerunners in helping us, you know, kind of grease the rail, rails for that. So we where we were light years behind Asheville and Charleston, I think we're right there now at this point in terms of the notoriety and the work that you did taking. Chris, you went up to New York, right, for the, for the James Beard dinner. And I know, Bill, you were a part of that. You know, we had... Three surge chefs there, right? Megan Knotts, Tim Nelson, Chris yep. Cargi. Yeah. You know, I mean, what a way to, to kick it off. So it's really been a tremendous effort from a marketing standpoint for the destination, I'd say. I don't know about Chris. Yeah, I think it's um, people are always interested now on where their food's coming from and what's in it and how it was raised. And uh, I think it was thrown back on the culinary side to, you know, shape up or ship out, <laughs> um, you know, and, and a lot of local people are, are buying local and supporting local and and, um, you know, buying domestic product and and just making the food all around better in itself. Yeah, I think uh, thinking back to the James Beard experience was in 2018, I believe. 
And uh, it was just such a great opportunity for our chefs to be able to go to the James Beard house and cook. But even larger than that, the, the media and the uh, others that we had for dinner that night were just simply blown away by what our fantastic chefs were able to provide. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a great night that uh, still lingers in people's mind for all the good reasons. Yeah, that's great. Well, we're all friends. So if we need something, we're not scared to reach out and... Um and ask for help or some ideas. I think it's a good community of, of, of leaders of chefs. Surge Group is always one of the first to step up for, for many initiatives, and one that you recently stepped up for was the Culinary Institute of the South. Mm-hmm. Um, that's such going to be such a great asset and, and help uh, provide trained, a trained workforce for us. But why did, you, uh, uh, why did the Surge Group get involved and take really a leadership role in the Culinary Institute of the South? Yeah, I, I will just applaud Chef Nick Unanst and Clayton Rollison for getting that up off the mat from a culinary standpoint in terms of awareness. They jumped on it when I was still in Asheville back in 2013, I think, or something like that. Um, they really did a wonderful job of stirring up the local chef community and getting that ball rolling for us. And then for us with the Surge Group, it was a natural progression in that we have a responsibility as a leader, as, as a group of leaders, to support every effort to increase the workforce, and that's through the levers that include housing, the levers include pay and benefits, but certainly education. And uh, we're not, we definitely know that we need the outside support and what Chef Miles Huff and Mary Lee Carnes have developed there is truly a, a masterpiece that'll help for years to come in terms of training culinary talent here. We had a, a couple of our committees that met there just this morning and uh, everybody that left there was just so impressed and mm-hmm. uh, uh, eager to get back and, and, uh, partake in, in what they offer. Yeah. There. I remember, you know, when I brought it up to the partners that uh, we had the opportunity to sponsor at a significant sum, which is really outside of our wheelhouse historically, you know, to put our logo on one of the kitchens like Sea Pines did and U.S. Foods did. And I got zero pushback, 100% support. And that was a really good testament to, to where our group has gone in terms of our responsibility from a community standpoint. Earlier, you'd mentioned the uh, uh, public relations efforts on on that our team does, and, and you all are such great partners in that. <clears throat> Hotels play a, a big role in that. And just for our listeners today, the, the earned media that we receive when we're asking travel writers to come in and, and visit the our arts and cultural events, uh, eat at our fabulous restaurants, stay in our hotels or our home and villas, and then with that experience that they have here, they leave and, and write great articles about it. And that um, that third that third person uh, validating what a great area this is is really goes a long way, and our team here does a great job of of earning that earned media. Chef, let's transition over to the Outside Foundation's oyster recycling program. Know that uh, you're a player in that, and for our listeners, maybe tell what it is. Yeah, so we've been doing it. I don't even know how long. Probably four years this year. Is like it that. four? Yeah, I was gonna say five or six. Um, so basically, all of our restaurants that serve um, oysters, local oysters or Gulf oysters, um, once it hits the table, when it comes back to the kitchen, we got a separate bin for them, goes into the bin and then out back. And then once a week, uh, Outside Foundation comes and picks it up, um, takes it over to Honeyhorn, spreads them out, washes them, cleans them, uh, bleaches them, lets them sit, and eventually grinds them up. Um, then I get bagged up and then back out to the ocean uh, or the local rivers for um, artificial reefs. 
How many people roughly volunteer for that? I know all of our restaurants on our side, Black Marlin, Dockside, Boathouse, Poseidon, mm-hmm. uh, are involved. And I think it's a volunteer on their end. Yeah, they usually have, I think, 10 to 20 people go out and lay the reefs. Um, and, you know, one person doing all the collection. It's quite right. an operation. It's impressive. I think Poseidon was, weren't they like 40% of all the shells? Yes. Last year was uh, a lot of just Poseidon. Tons and tons and tons of oyster shells. I <laughs> yeah, forget the exact great. number, but it, it blew my mind. And they also showed us a, a, a chart and showed us where our reefs were that Poseidon actually made. So it was very cool. That's that's terrific. And, yeah. and thank you and all the others that are participating in that. Chris and I, uh, if you don't mind me jumping on the oyster train for a second, Chris and I were part of what we did. We called a chef's uh, culinary field trip. We took it back in 2016. And we went to the Waddell Mariculture Center, which is a hidden gem here in the Lowcountry, just out in Bluffton. Great state research facility. And then we went up to Ladies Island Oysters, where they'd been working with Frank Roberts, who uh, farm raises oysters there. He grew up on the Chesapeake, was a marine Paris Island, realized we were in you know the Napa Valley of oysters, and he decided to start raising oysters there. And I'll never forget, it was the Tuesday before Hurricane Matthew, right? So when we were driving back from there, you know, places were shutting down. Everybody was, the lines were long at the gas stations. But I'll never forget that day, and we've been back with other chefs since then to see it. You know, they're taking oysters from seedling where you can't even see them. And they say that they need like a, they use a micrometer to measure the size of the calcium deposit that an oyster seed needs to land and then grow. So that's what the Outside Foundation is doing. They're laying down the calcium, which is just meant to receive those seeds of oysters and then create new reefs. And, uh, you know, the, to hear to see those two organizations, what Frank does and what the Outside Foundation do, cultivating what is really unique and that there's no freshwater runoff to our oyster beds. It's all saltwater in and saltwater out. Unlike in the Chesapeake, and you have all this freshwater runoff. So the, the stuff that's starting to grow around this oyster movement here is, is truly special. And I'm glad to you know, see the community and, and Chris's team making an impact. I think our listeners would be interested in knowing uh, from each of you how you got started and, and how you ended up in, in this career. And uh, Chef, we'll start with you first. Oh, man. Uh, well, my mother's side is a big uh, Italian-Irish background or heritage. So gatherings were large, grandmas were always cooking, aunts were always cooking, so kind of fell into that. Um, Started cooking in Columbus, Ohio, downtown. Um, Met my wife. Um, I lived in South Florida. Florida's too hot, Ohio's too cold. Carolinas are perfect. Uh, Ended up here in Hilton Head with a relative, crashed on his house for about a month. Um, Started working at a couple restaurants. And I finally got the opportunity at Black Marlin, was there for a couple of years. I moved over to Poseidon, um, was there a couple of years, got a promotion and partnership, um, got the director role and overseeing four restaurants. Great. What about you, Alan? Yeah, I started uh, in high school my senior year and just loved the pace of it. Of course, you know, being able to please uh, people with the hard work, it really showed off and uh, that really spoke to me. And then when I had spent my first summer down here, I worked at Remy's as a bouncer, huge seafood uh, company as an expediter, and I worked at Hilton Head Brewing Company as as a barback. And uh, so I worked three jobs that summer. I came home with mono, but had the summer of my life, of course, in Hilton Head, but you know, just, just burned it at both ends, 100%. And then I came back and worked as an intern the next two years for the brewing company. And uh, 
did bartending and then went over to the lodge and then over to Marley's to work with Kim and Nick as, as that was getting off the ground and then to Frankie Bones. So it's really been a surge career. And I remember driving, you know, after I graduated from college, it took me an extra semester. All right. You know, I'm not a doctor, but it <laughs> took me four and a half years. I was driving down that January month, you know, to to work uh, as a bartender or server in Hilton Head. And you know, I wasn't walking into money in January. But I remember thinking to myself, like, you know, I know I can make an impact in this organization. And I, I was what could just imagine the conversations with my partners that I'd worked with. And to sit here 20 years later and be working with the same group of guys and girls 20 years later, but also to be the president of the company, it's pretty crazy to have a whole career, you know, with one group. It's been really awesome. It's a phenomenal career, great story. It's been and, fun. Uh, you know, I feel like that uh, you're really just getting started. The chapters <laughs> are, are, you know, you've got a, the first few chapters there and there are many more to go. <laughs> That's right. I know you both professionally, and I know uh, how dedicated you are to your profession. And I know also that you both have families. And I think also it'd be interesting to hear how you balance that that work life, uh, how you have that work life balance, and a little bit about your families. Well, I'm sure Chris would echo. It starts with uh, having a, an incredible wife that, you know, just does a lot more than I do in terms of thinking on behalf of our family. And you know, when the groceries show up, it's not magic, and there's meals always prepared, and it's just incredible. And the kids are dressed up for 80s week this week and you know, all the fun stuff. Like she just makes it all happen. So that's that's the first thing. And then uh, secondly, it's good people around us. And we joke that the restaurants are like the livelihood league. You know, it's a baseball. You're out, our teams are out there playing every day, seven days a week, lunch and dinner, breakfast now with Nectar. And we can't be there every shift. We can't be there for every game. So we've got to trust the people around us and all the positions that we're all working towards a common goal, which is protecting that livelihood that we all share. And that's why I can enjoy a day off. And that's why I can enjoy a weekend off or enjoy taking time away with the families because we've got great people making good decisions. And we still screw up, but we're willing to fix them and acknowledge them and, and learn from them 100%. That's the best way to learn. So that's certainly, I think, the best part of the balance is knowing that we have people that are trusted and tied to the business success. Alan, I've, I've always liked you. There, there was just one one oh, thing oh, that boy. you did that, uh, <laughs> that that was not good, and that was that was when you uh, left and went to Asheville to, to run a restaurant yeah. there. And, and your wife at that time was one of our great teammates here, and just a, a wonderful lady, and was doing such a great job. And then she had to leave us and go with you to Asheville, know, chasing and, dreams. And we lost one of our, our great uh, teammates. She came back with three kids and not really looking to work. Sure. <laughs> Well, as we uh, go throughout the year, any 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 things that you see coming up on the horizon that uh, in 2022 that people to look forward to? There's nothing on the horizon, Chris, for 2022. I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, 2023 should be a big year, but for 2022, we're just we're so excited to have this new Nectar open. This will be the first full year with Nectar on Hilton Head, and we've noticed it's easier to open a restaurant a second time. And I believe that I, I don't think you can make a case for having a chain until you have at least three links. So we like two, two Frankie Bones, two Giuseppe's, two One on Mamas and now two Nectars because it does allow us to, you know, touch a lot of the same guests and clientele across the bridge, both in Bluff and Hilton Head. Um, so we're excited to have a first full year of Nectar for both of these restaurants under our belt and what that means for our culinary program to continue to push forward. And then as we get into the next year, you know, we just want to hopefully see a, we had a banner year in terms of tourism last year. And all signs point to if there's any slowing down or continued deceleration of, of COVID, we expect an even bigger year this year. Um, Hilton Head is continuing to stand head and shoulders above outside areas in terms of domestic travel. And, you know, you all see the numbers. It's just been a real blessing to be in South Carolina on Hilton Head. So we think 2022, as long as it 
it pans out the way we expect, we think it'll be another good growth year for us and lay the foundation for, you know, continued growth and recruitment of new, good people on our side. Well, we're looking forward to a great 2022 and yeah. also uh, uh, to see what 2023 yep. has in store for us. Yeah, thank you. If our listeners could see the smile on your face, <laughs> I know it's, it's going to be something good. It'll be fun. We've had the great pleasure today of, of sitting down with Alan Wolf, who is the president of the Surge Group, and uh, Chef Chris Cargi. And Chef, uh, it's always a delight having you, being able to see you again. And uh, Alan, thank you for all you do. And we appreciate you being on our podcast with us. Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. The podcast continues to grow and never miss an episode of our Five Questions podcast by subscribing to the Chamber Channel on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take a moment to download, subscribe, and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people.